You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Tech Fan Podcast number 436. I'm Tim Robertson, joined by David Cohen. Hello, David. Hello. It is, uh, I, I don't feel great right now. Well, you've been through the wars this week. I was. On Thursday morning, I had four teeth extracted all in the, you know, the back ones and stuff like that. Um, they were bad. I had been putting it off for literally years. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, the funny thing is I hate dentists. I don't know anybody. I mean, not personally. I'm sure they're nice guys. Yeah, my, my father was a dentist, but I wasn't necessarily a huge fan of what he did for a living. Mm-mm. And you know, the funny thing is <clears throat> the guy that I'm going to, it's the first time I've been to him. My, my old dentist doesn't take my uh, insurance. So I've used right. that as an excuse for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I kind of want to make some pretty big life changes here in the next year or so. And the first one of those is getting my dental stuff straightened out. Um, and it's going to require, there was no saving the ones that they had to remove. Um, and I got some stitches back there right now, which have to be removed this Thursday, which is yeah, pleasant. Um, but... I want to get that sorted out and it's going to take two implants and a bridge most likely, which by the way is not inexpensive here in the U S uh, to be honest with you, even with the NHS here, it's not inexpensive here. I had uh, two fillings and a crown done um, just before lockdown started. It's still, it wasn't, it wasn't thousands of dollars, but it wasn't free either. Well, my four extractions and the medication and, and the gas and all that, uh, would have cost me $1,800 out of pocket. Right. But with my insurance, I paid 450 So you're paying around about the same as, as we pay yeah. here for that sort of work. Yeah. So anyways, um, the lifestyle changes is getting that sorted. And then the next one is uh, attempting to stop smoking oh, and right. lose weight. I'm, I'm not <laughs> obese or anything, but I weigh 20 pounds more than I should. Yep. It's all in my stomach, too. Yeah, and, you know, one of the clear things that's come out of COVID is that the heavier you are, the worse it is. Yeah. So. So, um, step one is getting that process started. So, I'm, I'd be interested to see how you tackle the giving up smoking. Well, I tried um, a while back to give it up, <clears throat> unsuccessfully. And I tried the gum, and I could not use that gum. It felt like it was on fire in my mouth. Yeah. Holy crap, I couldn't do it. I mean, I had to end up spitting it out. And I think the only way I'm going to quit smoking is just cold turkey. That's the one that I hear most people successfully quit with. And I don't want to go to vaping. No. There's something about vaping that just, not that smoking is any better, but... I don't know. Something about vaping is just like nah. I, 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 I. The, the problem I have with vaping. I mean, let look. Let's be honest. To anybody out of our listeners out there who is a vapor, we all accept it is far, far better for you than smoking. No question. Right? I think absolutely. But it has this. You know, the way that the Chinese kind of moved into the market, and then the way it's become kind of, it's it's marketed like gun culture. You know, it's all about the kit you've got and the grind you've got and the yeah, liquid you've got. I don't want to and, do that. And it, that's right. And you do see um, just in the same way that, 
you always get a few people who kind of go overboard with their new hobby is you've got those people who've kind of adjusted their vape so that when it when they when they inhale and then blow out it produces like you know uh, a, a cloud of yeah of it looks smoke, like yellowstone vapor. erupting yeah exactly You're and, like, That's and kind of those, ridiculous. Those those people those are just people who are showing off, mm-hmm. yeah. And it's just, just like it's not necessary, and it's not pleasant. It's like, dude, you're not a blue whale yeah. here. What's going on? <laughs> the hell are you doing? Of course, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's a minor thing to complain about in the great, the great scheme of things. But there you go. That's I would say I'm going to give up caffeine too, but screw that. Um, although I probably will have to give up coffee. Why? I can't have coffee without a cigarette. The well, two, the two go hand in hand, and for me. Well, I, I think if you, to, to be honest with you, I, I always remember there's a British comedian who was quite famous for a long time. Of, um, you know, everyone knew that he was formerly a, a like a true alcoholic, not just, you know, I mean, he was like, you know, a dangerous alcoholic. Yeah, I got it. He was well on the way to killing himself with alcohol, and he managed to quit. And and I remember hearing something he said once. He said. You know, I, he said, I don't subscribe to these people who go into a bar having, having, you know, saying, well, I'm still an alcoholic, so I'm not going to have a drink. And he says, says, to me, you really prove you've boot, beaten it by going into a bar and having a drink and then not having any more. Yeah. He said, that's more impressive. So I think if you really want to prove that you've been smoking, you need to be able to drink a coffee and, and not have I, this I will probably have one coffee in the morning just to, you know, get everything kick-started. <clears throat> because I couldn't have... Uh, any caffeine when I did the extractions. And by the way, I'll get yeah. back to that in a second. That, there's a kind of a funny story with that. Um, and then anybody looking at the show notes on mymac.com or techfanpodcast.com will see a picture of me laying in the dentist chair, at least a headshot. <laughs> David commented on it. We, we had some fun with your face. Yeah. I have no, I modesty's <laughs> out the window. I don't care. Well, of course you don't. And um, to be honest with you, why should you care? I, I mean, it's it's I'm, safe I'm hap- equipment. It's not style. Well, plus I'm a happily married man. Who am I trying to impress? <laughs> so, well, nobody with that picture, I'll tell you. No, I'll be back. <laughs> so anyways, um, I, my few attempts at quitting smoking obviously failed. Uh, but I haven't given up. Guy Searle, he was a longtime smoker, and he quit. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I admire him for that. that. That's an awesome thing to do. So yeah. I'm going to attempt that. Now, the, the dentist story. This is a dentist who firmly believes in you shouldn't go through pain to have your dental work done, which means meds and gas. Yep. And the last time I had gas, dude, I was 10, 11. I mean, I was I was young. So let let's just clarify the terms here. So when you say gas, yeah. are you talking about having gas to so you don't notice the pain? You're talking about actually being unconscious. Um, it's borderline, to be honest. I wasn't unconscious, but I don't remember a damn thing. Okay. Um. So, anyways, I I had to go in a couple of days early, and they gave me this little packet of pills to take, and they told me, do not take any caffeine or eat anything within 12 hours which is eight o'clock the night before yeah okay so effectively they were giving you a general anesthetic because that's what they do they want you to stop 
they don't want you vomiting during the anesthetic because you can well, choke. Well, that's for that's eating, but the the no caffeine is so that the pills and the gas has the best chance of taking effect. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I am so used to caffeine that not having caffeine that next morning was uh, confessional time impossible. Yeah. I had such a splitting headache that I said screw it, and I had a cup of coffee. But it didn't seem to <laughs> to hurt my uh, my success with the gas. So, <laughs> well, you don't know because you've not done that experiment of having the gas without having the coffee. Well. I wasn't in any pain, and I don't remember a damn well, thing. Well, so. from from that point of view, it's it's yeah. fine then. But um, you might you might have been under more without the caffeine. Uh, and I didn't need to be under more because I didn't need someone a wheelbarrow using a wheelbarrow to get me out of the building afterwards. Yeah. So so um, when I, um, I I mentioned before, my dad was a dentist. So before I went away to university. Um, I actually did a few months helping him out as a um, one of his colleagues as a dental nurse as uh, at his practice and um, this guy Mr. O'Reilly he was um, a very as you can tell from the name he was very very Irish yeah a very quick worker very good dentist um, slightly odd character but um, and and he got all the oddball patients in the surgery and this guy came in and I tell you, he was enormous. You know, one of those guys who's such a big hulking man, he looks wider than he is tall. Oh, yes, sure. Yeah, yeah? I know This a guy is like what that. he was like. Yeah, yeah, you know. And um, he would come in and he was terrified <laughs> of the dentist. Absolutely terrified. He needed a root canal do, doing as well, so it's a big job. And he would come in and he had this tiny, tiny little girlfriend. Yeah, this tiny, very short, very thin blonde woman. Yeah, and and he would come in and she'd be holding his hand. So it was Laurel yeah. and Hardy. Exactly, yeah. You know, I mean, she, he he just dwarfed her and she would be holding his hand and then he had to go and lie down in the next surgery room that wasn't being used. We'd give him Valium and then he'd have to sit down and have that work because without the Valium, he wouldn't even cross the threshold into the uh, into the surgery. Quite quite apart from anything to you know any pain relaxation or anything like that, he just he was so anxious he would not even sit in the chair without the Valium. And I I'll never forget you I'd be walking past, and he'd be sprawled out you know basically crushing this huge dentist chair, but he was so big yeah. <laughs> and then this this really sweet little little lady was holding onto his hand and patting patting this monstrous paw yeah. as he was waiting for the Valium mm-hmm. to work. <laughs> yeah. Taming the beast. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I took the pills an hour before, and one of them, I don't think it was Valium, but it did a good job because I was woozy. I couldn't even. Yeah. I couldn't drive myself. Yeah. So it was a don't. It was a don't make any plans pill. Yes. So and they told me I can't drive with it for twenty four hours. So I took yeah. Thursday off from work and Friday's my day off. So no problems there. And I wasn't sure if I was going to go on Saturday, but I did. Um. So I I, I get there. Uh, Julie leaves, and they're going to call her when you know she can come pick me up. But it's only ten minutes. I mean, it's it's nothing. It's yeah. a couple miles away. So I get the gas, and um, they had put it on my forehead for a second, and they put these big dark goggles on me, so I couldn't. I'm not blinded by the light sitting right there. And that's and it's the also picture. To stop. Yeah, it's also to stop anything from your mouth getting into my face propelled propelled in uh, speed by drill or something ending up in your eyes um they didn't have to drill anything so that was good yeah i know but they were 
They were yanking things out. Yeah. So. so stuff flies around. Yeah. So that's the picture with me with the no the gas nose piece basically on my forehead and these big Terminator glasses. Um, and then they gave me the gas, and I don't really remember anything after oh, that. That's good. So here's the funny story: I wake up at seven o'clock at night, mm-hmm. and Julie had picked me up. It they said they, they everything went real smooth. There was no issues. They came out good. Blah blah blah. Yep. So. I, my appointment was at uh, 9 o'clock. Well, I had to be there at 8.40, but they started at 9. Julie was taking me home by 10. Right. I don't remember anything until how 7 did, o'clock. How did you occupy your day? Sleeping on the couch. Oh, you slept. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the worst thing is if, we, if you kind of come to at 7 o'clock and realize you've actually spent the whole day doing stuff. Yeah, right. Wow, look at this new website. Then you've got a, this is really you've good got work. A, yeah, you've got to undo whatever you've done uh, in your drug-induced haze. So, the funny story is, I, I, I'm sitting there, and my knee kind of hurts. I'm looking at it now, yeah, it, and, and my right leg has got like a big scrape on it. My knee does. Right. And I said, what did I do to my leg? So, the story goes. <laughs> it's, it's always bad when the story goes. Yeah. Um, if you use that as a preface, something bad happens. Julie was helping me get into the house. Mm-hmm. You know, I had my arm around her, I guess, or something. Yeah. And I guess I decided to take the steps way too fast. Right. And down I went and scraped my knee and elbowed Julie in the head. <laughs> I, I apologized, of course. She goes, yeah. it was it was a pretty hard hit, too. I was like, I'm so sorry. She goes, well, I couldn't figure out. It's almost like I t- tried to run up the steps. Maybe I just mm-hmm. wanted to get to that damn couch. But yeah. that's my story of, you know, for 15 minutes here of, you know, that memorable moment mm. that ends with scraping so, my knee you know and, and hitting my wife in the head. Yeah. Even if the gas didn't completely put you under, uh, it made it so you couldn't remember anything. That's probably best. I had four of my own teeth extracted for orthodontic reasons when I was a kid. Four of your and own teeth dad, as opposed to four of somebody else's teeth extracted? Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. I, I, the, the other people's teeth I had... Um, Extract from your I, ass? I've, no, <laughs> no, I've left them in. It's <laughs> a reminder. I, I, wear the, I wear them as a trophy around my neck. Um, so, so my father did my teeth, and uh, he would not use gas to actually put me into a general anesthetic. you be a man today, boy. No, it, it wasn't that. It, it was it was quite the opposite, actually. It's because he, he was very worried about the fact that on a very small number of people, um, you cannot wake up from that. Yes. You can have a heart attack. There is a ri- there is more of a risk associated with anesthesia. general anesthe- yes. anesthesia than there is. So he preferred to use local anesthetic whenever possible. So he did this on me. And the problem with that is I didn't have any pain while he was doing it, but you can hear... And you can kind of feel... Yeah, you feel the, the pressure. Crun- I, I do remember the some cr- of that. No, yeah, there's, there's a crunching yes. and a grinding, and you, you realize that, that something that's pretty well embedded into your bone is being ripped out yes. of your head. Yeah. It's not pleasant. No, I do remember a no. little bit of that. Yeah. I remember them talking. Um, it's not a complete blackout, but no. <clears throat> no. it's it's hazy. Yeah, so, it's different from an operation because when, yeah. for an operation, you literally, they, they count you down and you, you get to about seven and then you're gone and then... To, to you, it's like you've instantly woken up in recovery. Yeah. There is, there's no concept of the passage of time. Right, because you weren't been, sleeping. You weren't sleeping. You were actually unconscious. It's like the whole brain was yep. turned off. Yeah. So that was fun. 
Um, let's talk about tech here a little bit, David, since okay. you know this oh, show I, is... Yeah, I, I have to tell you, I uh, I went and got Apple CarPlay added to my car this oh, week. Oh, yeah. Was it just a module, or was it something they had to turn on? No, it, it wasn't already built in. So my car's a 2016 Mazda, and um, I'd become aware after I bought it that you could you could go and have it have it kind of enabled for CarPlay. But I looked into it, and what they, they actually do replace something behind the dashboard. Uh-huh. They put a new... Um, even though it already had two USB ports in, they had they put two they they put new USB headers in, and also I've noticed that the Mazda part of the system now it's a very nice system in the CX three like the screen pokes up right out of the top of the dash, yeah. um, and then it actually has a a set of controllers down by the gear stick which is a little bit like the uh, BMW iDrive. Yep. So as well as using a touchscreen, you can actually use a rotary dial and joystick to kind of move around. So it's it's pretty good. But the problem with it always was that when you turned on the car, it would take about 45 seconds before the stereo would boot up, which was terrible. It doesn't do that now. It now starts up instantly. So I think they probably changed the or updated the system board in it as well. Yeah. Yeah, to give it CarPlay. Yeah. But, uh, but CarPlay is just so good. Oh, my God. Once you um, get used to it, you, you know. cannot not have it. Yeah. You know, yeah. I sold so, a car that's yeah. just... Uh, customers looking at a used Highlander and a new Highlander and budgetary constraints was a factor. And the moment I plugged in my iPhone to the new one, because the old one doesn't have it, she was sold. It was done. I showed her how to use, uh, you know, talking and send my wife a text. And then I sent her a text and she replied and I showed, she was just that right there was it. She was like, I'm never going to touch my phone again in the car. And I said, that's kind of the whole the interface is great don't get me wrong but really the biggest benefit to android auto and auto and uh, apple carplay is not having to touch your phone while you're driving stop doing that if you do that and i don't care if you like well you know i was being very safe and no don't screw around with your phone while you're driving unless it's wireless don't do it yeah Exactly. So, and I, I don't understand, to be honest, why car manufacturers at this point continue to persevere with their own systems. Uh, well, to a certain extent, I agree. But, I mean, there's some things that, you know, they're, they're moving a lot of the, the the settings and stuff like that into the head unit. So you got to have some kind of a system there. And Apple CarPlay and Android Auto doesn't support live radio. Um, you can do the uh, XM app, but then you're using data rather than just streaming it down to the car. So there are some reasons to have, you know, rudimentary stuff. But not everybody has a smartphone, David. A lot of my buyers, I don't want to say a lot, a number of my buyers don't have a smartphone. They have a flip phone. And they're amazed with that, well, I could still hook that up via Bluetooth. And they're like, no, my phone's too old. Or, you know, I purposely didn't get it with that capabilities. They don't realize they all have Bluetooth. So I still hook up their phones via Bluetooth. And this 85-year-old is, oh, my God, this is the greatest thing in the world. So, anyways, let's move on. Um, Big news from Intel this week, which I think goes a long way to explaining um, or at least justifying Apple's decision to move to their own chips. And that is they delayed, once again, their 7 nanometer process for processing. Well, let, let, yeah, let's clarify. They didn't delay it because they can't be bothered. They delayed it because they can't get it working. Exactly. And this is, some of their competitors are already at three nanometers or five, yeah. five nanometers. I, I, I believe that apparently it depends exactly, when you talk about the nanometers, it depends exactly how you define what, what that measurement yes. is. 
Um, so I, I think the TSMC stuff, which is ARM and, and most of that, is the equivalent of Apple of Intel's five nanometers right. rather than three. But nevertheless, they are well ahead of Intel. Intel's been stuck at well, they were stuck at fourteen nanometers for ages. And they have big problems. And they with now 10. have yeah, they now have ten nanometers chips, but their yields on their ten nanometers process are not as much, not as high as they wanted. So actually, it's costing them more to make ten nanometers chips at the moment than they would like. So why does this matter to the consumers and to cloud computing in general? Well, the smaller the chips, less heat, less power. They can be more powerful chips, but you can have more. Thus, they can do a lot more things quicker. Everything is better the smaller and faster and less heat that it generates. And, yeah, and, and and also as well, you know, if you have a smaller die, that means you can have more components on there. So you can in- integrate exactly. things like, you know, you can have more video memory on there. You can have a system on a chip. video processor. I mean, you can do all kinds of more yeah. impressive things. Yeah. And with the entire world now have moved to mobile, whether you define mobile as a laptop or smartphone or even your watch, um, there's a reason that Intel has not broken into that segment yet as far as smartphones and watches go. And this is, I think, more telling than anything else why Apple made the decision to move away from Intel. They got to get their shit together. And uh, I don't think they have. No. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure what the technical reason behind this is. But they, but clearly they are struggling. I mean, Intel historically has not outsourced their manufacture of chips. They prefer to do it themselves. I mean, I suspect at this point, perhaps they'd be better actually getting somebody else to make the chips for them. They can't make them themselves. But that's that's a big change in model. Um, part part of it as well is that you know Intel's market itself is also diminishing because of this. Yes. You know, you got to remember the PC market is tiny compared to mobile. Yes. Yeah. I think last year they sold about 250 million PCs. That, that includes Macs. That includes that's basically covers all the laptops. Right. Yeah. Whereas um, you know 250 million is what Apple does with the iPhone in a quarter. Yeah. Um, I mean it's it's so it really is 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 a very very small market part market now. Um, and now they I suspect Intel sells a lot more chips for servers that go into data centers. There's probably a big market there. But even so, I mean, part of the reason they're struggling is that is that level investment they need to be able to compete with these parts is not really justified by the size of the market opportunity, um, and you know that that is not a good place for Intel to be in. No, and and you've got to remember as well, they also have a pretty vigorous competitor in AMD, who is uh, certainly has got more. Among the more the kind of more tech literate people in the consumer space, they're much more excited about AMD stuff than Intel's. Yeah, that's been so, the, that's been the case for quite a while now too. So yeah, so but that's a problem as well. So yeah. it's not even like you know within their own market segment they have it all to themselves. You know they've also got an aggressive competitor there. They now have another competitor um, in in Apple because obviously at some point Apple may decide to sell these chips for other people to. to no do, reason to why use. they couldn't. Yeah, and certainly if, if um, look, I, I think it's, to me it seems pretty clear that Apple, part of this move to app, from Apple to Intel to their own chips is that I think they want to grow the Mac platform. I think they want to kick it up beyond the, I, I mean, for years it was 5% of the market share of the PCs. I think it's up around 10 now, but I think they really want to try and uh, kick it up beyond that. 
Um, and um, ultimately, that could be a threat in the long term. I don't think it's a short-term problem, but in the long term, it could be a threat for um, Intel and Microsoft as well. Mm, I don't think you Microsoft's know, too worried because I, I don't think Microsoft's attention has been on Windows for many years now. And it no, shows. No, I mean, I, Windows I feels like it's way stuck in the past at this point. Yeah. I, I agree with you, but nevertheless, there are a lot of people who, when they think of computing, they think of what sits on the desktop. Yes. And, um, you know, if Apple it, Apple is basically putting something out there saying that, you know, we don't think Windows compatibility is as important to us as the performance gains from these new chips are. Uh, and um, I would say and, that uh, they're probably right. Yeah, but that's going to put pressure on Intel too, because you know bigger mac adoption is going to push people away from windows which means that then people can say do i need intel chips in my computers yeah i gotta be honest you know the the, the big advantage intel has is windows compatibility yes i I gotta be honest with you i i'm very happy with my new imac i really am although it doesn't feel like i have a new imac because it looks exactly like my old one um i i told you i did fix the other one didn't i yeah, you did. We talked yeah. about it. I couldn't remember if that was before or after. We were talk- I think we talked about it on Geeks Pub last yeah. week. Um, although Brooke still doesn't have her in her room. It's sitting in front of my Pac-Man arcade machine right now. Uh, she has a drum set in there, and it's just... It's her it's her bedroom, so... You know, until school yeah. starts... If, if school starts, who the hell knows now? Um, she just... It, to, to pull a whole desktop system out and to replace it and wiring and all that... She just doesn't have the room, so we're just going to hold off yeah. for now. There's nothing. It, machine. I, mm-hmm. I. It's a brand new machine, as far as the machine knows. It's, it's from scratch. Yeah. So, anyways, um, I'm happy with this machine with the 32 gigs of RAM and the uh, two terabyte SSD. It's it's very fast and it does everything I want it to do. But I am really kind of excited for Apple's new operating system as well as running on their own chips. Now, am I going to replace this machine? No, not right now. Well, obviously not right now. I just replaced it. But in two years, yeah, yeah, I can see getting a different iMac in two years and replacing this completely. Because I would like to get sooner rather than later on Apple's new hardware. But I'm probably going to wait until maybe the second generation. So probably three years from now. Yeah. I don't want to be the beta tester. Yeah, kind of Kind of makes sense. Yeah. But I am going to upgrade yeah. the, the Mac stuff pretty quickly. Although, yeah. I, mi- I might, I don't know yet. I might buy just a, a, a 256 SSD, put it in my dock and install it on that and run it from that, the new OS, rather than my main hard drive, just to make sure the compatibility of all the stuff that I use on a daily basis is there. Just recording well, this podcast as an example. When you... Because there's a lot of pieces yeah. of software that's not compatible. Yeah. So well, I, you know, I, my my view is you need to move more to a hardware-based setup for podcasting anyway. But uh, you still need a little bit of software, and the bits you need, the bits you need. Let's spend a little bit of time here um, with uh, our feedback. Mm-hmm. We've got a, a few things to go over here. Uh, we're gonna. I know you've got the notes up in front of you. I assume. Do you know or do you assume? I assume. You assume that you know. I assume. You assume that I know that I should have them. Well, both. It's big assumptions on my part. Okay. Uh, and yeah. I'm actually going to have them in front of me. I'm going to. We're going to start with the last one first, um, <clears throat> because it kind of ties into what I'm talking about right now. 
uh, and this is from Joe. And um, he writes, uh, hi, I've been meaning to build a new desk myself. Now, this, of course, goes back to me discussing I, I want to build a new desk here. The one that yeah. I've got is old. It's fine. It's holding up just great. But I, I just want something different. Uh, and I kind of want to yep. design a few things into it. So he says, been, been meaning to build a new desk myself and, and had some of this. But when David's idea about a flip-top wire management thing got me thinking. Since most rack stuff comes uh, in only 19-inch wide, or PDUs that run, uh, I left my phone not on mute, um, mm -hmm. uh, but runs vertical in a rack cabinet, wonder if you could take one of these door sweeps. And then he lists a couple different things here that's kind of cool. And, yeah. you know, the, the thing is, rack systems have had to deal with wire management in settings that you can't have just stuff all over the place. Whereas the average well, computer, you can. you can, but it's bad. Yeah. Um, it's bad, yeah. We had this guy at a Mac Specialist back in the day that was an engineer, and he did good work, but he was fanatical on his wire management. And there were times that I would actually take a picture of his work because it was literally a work of art. I mean, he yeah. he would have things zip tied and to the side, and I mean, going down the entire rack, they were within millimeters of each other. Although the wire zooms and the loops, and it was just a thing of beauty, and you could just you could just follow it right where it went. It was just it, it is a work of art. It's also ma yeah. a mathematical genius who could figure all that out just by looking at the back of a cabinet. Yeah, and, and also as well, you know, in, in the commercial space, time is money. Yes. And many engineers don't want to be that um, fanatical because they think it takes a lot of time. Uh, it actually saves time in the long run. But Oh, um, quite, no, you know, no they're, question. They're, yeah, they're lazy. And um, I actually worked at a place where we were moving um, some very old racks out of the, uh, out of the room. And um, on the other side of the room, there was uh, all this ancient bespoke traffic management equipment mm -hmm. that was actually running um, traffic lights all over the city. Um, and it was using communication things that you couldn't buy anymore uh, and cables that were av weren't available anymore. We couldn't really touch it, and that's why we had to get rid of all this computing stuff out well we pulled the floor up in these in these day sensor they you normally have a false floor and yeah. then you you have uh, trays that run under the floor with cables in we pulled the floor up and literally the the space underneath was about 18 inches and it was just so full of cables you could walk on it i mean it was just a mass of mm -hmm. cables nobody had ever bothered with the trays and they just built it up built it up over time yeah so we ended up just having to cut everything off at the base of the cabinets to get the cabinets out there was certainly no way we could trace anything um it was just insane so and uh that's what happens when you when you don't cable manage so david has um a link to a whole bunch of different stuff and i'm going to put these in the show notes at techfanpodcast.com yeah. and mymac.com one of them though is a um startech.com horizontal 2u server rack cable management finder duct with cover that is exactly what i was talking about david i used to have these when i was an it manager at kellogg under everybody's desk yeah. and they're wide mm -hmm. and they can screw right into the bottom of the desk and all the cables go in there and they've got these That's, slits yeah. that you can put the wires through 
And it, yeah. those things work extremely well. That's exactly what I think I'm going to go with. And yeah. these are only 30 and bucks each. And I probably need right. maybe two. Joe, Joe was talking about basically putting um, hinged brushes on the top so you could you could pull them up to be able to see the cables underneath yeah. in the in the cable way and then but the, but the advantage of them being brushes is that you can actually pull a cable through it correct um any way you want and then it's secured where you pull it through which is also a good idea he he has some really good uh links he also sent a picture mm. and maybe i'll put this in the show notes as well that he used a uh, dymo label maker to to make labels for his cables so like in this picture obviously this is his audio system and he has left front center right front clearly marked that is really yeah. great i've tried to do that before um but i tried to get clever and it was really stupid uh what i did was i took bread you know i don't know if they have these in the uk instead of the twisty bread things it comes with a little piece of plastic have you seen those oh. Yeah, I've seen those. Yeah, it's kind of a, a square. Exactly. With a with kind of a jaw, mm-hmm. jaws at the top, and then the bread goes through. Yeah, the plastic bag goes yep. through. Yeah. And so what I had done was make a file. Ma- <laughs> I couldn't make it more confusing if I tried. I made a FileMaker database, right? <laughs> and right, I would yeah. put like A one, A two, A three, and each one of those uh, entries was something else. So like A one, power cable, iMac. Or at the time, yeah. it was G4 desktop, right? And mm-hmm. so I and I would write that code, you know, A1, A2, on all these little bread things. Uh, and it took me probably a few months to get enough of the bread things, because what, am I going to go buy 500 things of bread? Um, yeah. But, you know, we'd get them with hamburger buns, hot dog buns. And I was making sure we would get the ones with those little squares on it, because I couldn't figure out where to buy them. Um, nowadays, of course, I'd probably jump on Amazon, and it would take me five minutes to find a pack of a thousand of them for 4.99 plus free shipping with prime um but that's how i did it back in the day and that lasts about a month but remember i was i was reviewing a lot of stuff back then as i still do to a certain extent so i was constantly moving wires around yeah i I mean do you have a label maker yes a proper electronic one not one with manual yeah. yeah, plus yeah. Julie mean, does the stuff with the cricket. So she- oh, of course, yeah. So really everybody everybody who has to do any sort of organization should have one of those, mm-hmm. uh, and they should just get in the habit of labeling stuff up. Um, you know, it's easy. The label makers now, I mean, the way Joe's done it here is really cool because he's done it kind of, he's wrapped the label around, he's got something at the back, so it actually goes around the cable, uh, and you can read it along the side of the cable. He's got a little symbol on the end to say these ones are speakers. Yeah, um, brilliant. But you don't have to do it. You don't have to do it like that. You can just basically put it round the cable the uh, the short way and have it just poking out, kind of like a wrap. Yes, a bit like you would do with a piece of bread with a wire. Yeah. you know, as long as a label on there somewhere. But the th- the thing is, is if you use a label, you actually write what the cable is on the label rather than having a code and then something you got to go and look up. That's why I said his is said, much better. Yeah, the advantage then is that when you pick the cable up, you know exactly what it is. You're not constantly referring to something else. Exactly. Um, you know. Um, yeah. I, I think, I, Joe, really, thank you very much for sending this list because it's going to save me a lot of time in searching myself. Yeah. Um, and Joe Joe also says right at the bottom here, don't miss this out, he says on Wish.com, which is one of our favorite kind of go look for gadget sites, um, he says there's a lot of cable management stuff on there. So Yeah, I have been looking. That's where I actually started my search was on Wish.com. And there's some good stuff on there, but 
I didn't find anything that really jumped out at me. Um, yeah. You know, I, here, here's my... I know I'm going to replace this desk. I mean, it's going to be a DIY. I'm going to do it myself. Um, yeah. But I pretty much now got things the way I want them. And it's been many years since that's been the case. Uh, I got my... Uh, what is this thing? The toaster thing from OWC where I slot the drives in at the top. Yeah. Uh, I've got that up off the desk where I want it now. It's right above my mobile pre-USB. Right next to that on the shelf is the new um, USB 3 hub that I talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of this stuff. I used to have to pull my iMac out to plug my headphones in, and it was just a pain in the butt. So everything now is way better than it used to be. I mean, I'm still yeah. a slob, don't get me wrong. But um, <laughs> but now the problem so, is all the cable management in the back. And to compound the problem is when I'm talking about this cable management, it's not just my desktop setup. Because to the left of my desktop is my big uh, TV, 49-inch TV, I think, with all yeah. the video game stuff. And mm-hmm. that is, I don't want to say worse, but it's on par with the cable nightmare that the other system is. So yeah. I'm going to redo all of that. And in anticipation of that, I bought on eBay. What is this thing here? Let me pull it over here. It's from INTEYNT. It's a five port um, HDMI switch. Yeah. And that is going to basically take over management of all the cables so that right there is on its own six hdmi cables because i got to have one coming out to the tv and five going into it so currently that's going to be ps4 ps3 xbox 360 xbox one or whatever the hell it's called uh and then a retro pie now the retro pie used to sit over on the same stand and all that as the tv and i would have to plug it in and unplug it and do all that but I found a, a, a cool little USB-C on-off switch. Mm-hmm. So I can just push that button and the RetroPie comes on. And that's actually sitting underneath my iMac. And the advantage there is I can just plug my controller right into it without having to screw around over on the other system. Yeah. So all of that is going to run through that. Then I have the, all the power cables for that. So that is another thing that I have to figure out how I'm going to manage. And... I think I'm going to use the rack system cable management um, to do the same thing. Because I could just mount these onto the back of each shelf, put a little screw through it, because it's kind of a a, a wire-ish type of, what do you call it? I don't know. It, it, it's metal mesh, let me put it that way, the shelving yeah. system. Mm-hmm. So I did it that way, so it's it's not going to be... It's, it's easy to clean. I just blow all the dust right off of it, and it just, yeah. you know... Um, mm-hmm. But because it's got all these holes in it, basically, I can just put one of these in the back of each shelf and run all the wires and the and the power bricks and all that into there instead. I think it would be a brilliant yeah. idea. So, Joe, you saved me a lot of time, let me put it that way. Let, let me just add one thing to all of that for uh, obviously many of us are working from home at the moment. If you have a laptop and you want to connect it to a uh, kind of a keyboard, mouse and monitor at home, Maybe with a webcam because that's your like current home workstation. Yeah. Make if you can get a laptop with USB C and then you get a USB C monitor. That is by far and away the best way of doing it because then you just have a single cable that charges your laptop 
and also takes USB and display to your monitor. Most of these monitors now have uh, USB sockets in the back of them, so you can plug your peripherals into the monitor, and you just have a single cable coming off the monitor as it goes to yeah, the laptop. Yeah, that's way better. Um, and it, it's the it's the perfect setup. We have we have these setups in the office, uh, and I made sure when I got a monitor for home here for my work laptop, I did the same. And uh, it just the the amount of cabling it reduces is amazing because obviously you um you know you don't have anything running through the monitor and everything in the monitor is all kind of kept to the back out of the way so um we'll get to more feedback but i wanted to talk about this for one second because uh this was kind of a surprise out of left field as you well know david i've done a lot of podcasting over the years and one to two one to two hours yep and one of the shows that i did was owc radio they used to be a sponsor here at tech fan maybe they'll come back eventually and mm-hmm. I did uh, the original OWC radio and then um, left that for a while, came back to it after a few years and started OWC radio 2.0 yeah. when I was actually an employee at OWC. And I, I like that show a lot better than the original one I did. It was less experimental. It was really focused. I did a lot of interviews. It was a good time. I really liked that show. Um and then, of course, when I left OWC, that show died. Yeah. So one of the people that I had met back in the day, um, her name was Serena, and she does video production and stuff. And I had her on an episode I recorded uh, just on the like the, the lobby at CES. So you get a lot of background right. noise and stuff, but and you know she really really enjoyed doing that, and it stuck with her. So. Uh, she had asked Larry and uh, Jen, the president and the CEO of OWC, why don't you guys do OWC radio anymore? And they didn't really have a reason other than the fact that I wasn't there and that when they had tried it with anybody else, it just didn't really work. Um, you know, they had tried employees and it was a disaster. I listened yeah. to a few of those episodes and it was, you could tell this is the guy's job. He wasn't, you know, they were roped into doing yeah. this. Um so long story short is she resurrected OWC radio and she is doing interviews with creative people. And I was happy to see it come back. I was like, that's really cool. And in fact, we yeah. talked about it a couple of weeks ago that I just ran across mm-hmm. it. I was like, Oh look, they're doing OWC radio again. Yeah. And so I get a message on LinkedIn from uh, Serena and it just says, Hey Tim, can you give me a call? And she gives me her phone number. I tried. She didn't answer. She ended up calling me back and we talked for 40 minutes yesterday. Mm-hmm. And cool. I think I might have saved her a lot of uh, time. <laughs> the way she was explaining how she did the show and the prep, and I was like, you're making life way too hard for yourself. Um, but it was interesting to hear the, the, the process that someone who's relatively new to podcasting going through to produce a show and uh, I don't want to say incorrect, but bad assumptions on her part from someone that yeah. just doesn't have the experience. So that was a really cool conversation talking to, uh, I might do the show with her as a guest eventually. She asked if I'd be a guest and I said, she, you know, yeah. Um, but I don't know, She she's a really cool person. If you guys haven't given that a listen, you might want to check it out. Just do a Google search for OWC radio, you'll find it. Um, it, it was uh, it was nice to talk to her. So a little bit of blast from the past type of thing. Uh, let's move on. Uh, 
Alyssa from uh, Three Geeky Ladies sent us a, an email. Re- excuse me, regarding all of the new streaming services. Which, by the way, yeah. I ran into a problem with uh, Peacock. <laughs> okay. The problem is. If I'm using, and I don't know why, if I'm using Chrome, which is my default browser, I can't watch any videos because there's an external monitor plugged into it. If I fire it up in in Safari, it plays just fine. Isn't that the dumbest thing? Here, I'll I'll fire it up right now and I'll tell you what the warning is. It's kind of weird. Uh, Well, I, I think it's their... They're hoping that you're trying not to pirate stuff. Yeah. So I just launched it. Am I signed in? I can't tell. So I'm just going to go to Shrek. I'm going to hit watch now. And it's playing. So they must have fixed the problem. (laughs) Well, that was an issue. Anyways, uh, let's jump over to Alyssa's. Go ahead and you read this one. Yeah. Uh, Hey Tim and David, in reference to your discussion of streaming services, in my humble opinion, Amazon isn't too bad, but yes, Discovery could be better. Way better. Yeah. The absolute worst is the Apple TV Plus app on Roku. I don't know if it looks the same on Apple TV, but good luck finding what you want to watch on Apple TV Plus. It pushes the other services you can subscribe to, like CBS All Access and Showtime, more than its own shows. It's all clo- also clunky when you find a show and want to see the list of episodes. I expected so much more from Apple. Hmm. I, I've not tried... I've got the Apple TV Plus app on Roku, but um, because I don't watch Apple TV Plus much, I've never tried it. I must go and have a look at that. The only stuff I, I've used the Apple TV app on Roku for is stuff that I already own, like Cole wanted to watch Infinity Wars. Well, I bought it on iTunes, so I just fired up Apple TV Plus on Roku, and it was right there, and boom, played it. Yeah. Mm. But I think she's she talking about on. the original content from Apple TV Plus. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Which, to be honest, is you know one of the main. That's one of the reasons you want Apple TV Plus. Is that? Well, but there's just so, not enough original content to even bother yeah. with yet. Yeah, but it's a bit annoying that even. Well, and we we talked about discoverability before Apple TV Plus with the Mac app, so yeah. perhaps in some respects that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. She goes on to say, As for Hulu, keep an eye out for Black Friday deals. In November 2018, I signed up for one year of Hulu for 99 cents a month. That's not bad. Yeah. Other than sitting through commercials, it was worth the $12. In November 2019, Hulu increased the price of the deal to $1.99 a month. Still worth it for their original programs like The Handmaid's Tale, Mrs. America, and Little Flies Everywhere. We've also watched a few movies, Vice and I, Tonya. We gave up on cable last November, as Spectrum prices were out of control, and we switched to YouTube TV. Now their prices are getting too high, but it's still less than what we were paying for cable. Included in our cable package were HBO and Showtime. When's the last time you watched a movie on either of those platforms? Yesterday. The, mo- <laughs> the movies they show are from the 1990s and early 2000s. We strictly watched for original programming, Game of Thrones, Bri- Billions, Homeland. It was a waste of money most of the year. Soon I'll subscribe for one or two months to Showtime to get caught up with Billions and Homeland. So, yeah, well, yeah mm-hmm. you know, I can kind of see where she's coming from there. But I do want to watch old movies sometimes, and I'll give you an example. I wanted to watch... Uh, we. <laughs> Uh, what's what's today sunday so yesterday i still woke up at five but i didn't have to be to work at 10 so i had hours to kill after my shower and the day before no because uh, i was off the day before because of the surgery so it had to been tuesday tuesday or wednesday we had been talking about the departed and it's mm-hmm. been years since i watched that movie 
So I did a search, and the only place that had it was HBO. Right. So I watched it. Yeah. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In addition to Apple TV+, Plus, Amazon Prime, and Hulu, we have Netflix, the granddaddy of them all. I, just cast, I can't imagine we'll ever give that up. I subscribed to Disney Plus for one month just for Hamilton. I've already cancelled. There's nothing of interest to me. What? How dare you? Have you not heard of The Mandalorian? <laughs> you do a show called Geeky. It's Geeky right in the name. Come on. Yeah. What are we doing? Honestly, there's too much choice. Even if money is no object, it just isn't possible to subscribe to all the various services and make it cost effective. Right, I, just my two yeah, cents. I think she's 100% uh, correct there. There is almost an overabundance at this point. But I don't see that as a problem. But it does facilitate you making some choices. But but not only that, but there's a subtext there that, that Elisa was getting to, which is what I was talking about uh, last time we discussed this. It's, it's the creeping death of the price increases. The All of these services are all priced... is a prime example yeah. of that. Yeah. The, all these services are priced low to try and get subscribers. Once they think that they're on the way of the subscribers, they start jacking the prices up. Yep. That's what the cable industry have done. That's what the streaming services will do. Yeah. And they will they will fight to keep their... Um, they're in each service to keep their own independence and their own exclusives and everything like that because they want your subscription and they don't want you to pay via somebody else so what we're going to end up is still a fragmented whole number of streaming channels and they're all going to be wanting the same money every month and every year they're going to be jacking that price up yeah but it's it's going to shake itself out at some point where some of these services like cbs all access just isn't going to have enough uh customer base to to be viable so they'll just end up joining with somebody else that yeah hey, if you get they'll Netflix join, or Amazon, they'll join with somebody it. else yeah they'll join with somebody else and then that will be another excuse to put the prices up you'll end up with a few players who charge quite a lot of money for these yeah. if i and, had to unsubscribe to any of them right now that gets the least amount of views it would be apple tv plus yeah i'm just not using it I will jump on once a week to see if there's anything new, which there rarely is. And most of the new stuff coming out in the last few months is stuff that I, I don't care about at all. Um, so so I, I saw I saw an article a couple of weeks ago about this that said that apparently the um, the Tom Hanks war movie they put on Apple TV Plus has been a big... It's been by far their biggest number of views. Yeah, I watched it. Over their, over their original series. I've not watched it yet, but I, I'm meaning to. It's okay. Um, There's no character development and, or anything. It's just no. a well, yeah. two-hour But it doesn't matter. Though. It doesn't matter because a lot of people watched it. And apparently Apple are now thinking that maybe throwing uh, hundreds of millions of dollars into seasons of shows that nobody's watching is not a great idea. And perhaps what they should be doing is buying in streaming events like movies. Um, they have to differentiate themselves. I, I, I never I, I'm just scrolling down their website right now uh, the greatness code eh, I don't care about that for all mankind was brilliant I loved it I know there's a season two coming I can't wait to watch it it's an alternate yeah. reality thing I, I like it a lot the morning show is really good it started off a little eh. C um I still haven't finished that season, so that should tell you something right there. Uh, yeah, I watched the first two or three episodes. That's, I just I think I got I into five care episodes, about it. and I just, yeah, I just didn't care. I'm like, eh. yeah, that, that's the problem. It's it's like the whole, the, you know, the concept and everything is kind of clever, but but yeah, I just could not engage with the I, characters. I don't know I'm what it like, is. I don't I don't I don't know what I don't 
I don't give a damn if this fat is the village gets slaughtered. Uh, yeah, I don't it's, either. It's really, it's yeah. like you know, these people are nothing to me. Yeah, you know, and it's it's very. It's very tropey. I think that's part yeah. of the problem. The, the good guys are all dressed in rags and yeah. you know yeah. living a simple life. Yeah. The bad guys are all like a church uh, or yep. an army or a yep. church army. You know, um, I don't care about that, the characters, and if I don't care about the no. characters, I'm not going to watch it. Now, yeah. here's one for you: Mythic Quest. I loved it. Yeah, I uh, have. Did you watch it's, that at all? I haven't watched it. But this is the one where they, it's the company that makes a multi multiplayer yeah. RPGs and and then they did a special episode where the actors did it from their home right and it was really good yeah. uh, so that is one that I really really enjoy I don't think it costs much to produce it to be honest but I liked it but I'm just scrolling yeah. down and I just don't give a crap about any of this stuff oh I don't know what this one is foundation sci-fi Oh well, this that foundation is the new ones coming. They've got that's based on Isaac Asimov. But here's the problem: you've just seen that. You didn't know they were doing it. Yeah, they're not. They they're, should be promoting. Uh, Found, uh, foundation yeah. is one of the biggest sci-fi um, series in in book form. Yeah. That the, of the of the 20th century. Yeah, it was a huge, huge hit before sci-fi was big. Yeah, I mean, it was a big hit in the 60s and the 70s, right? They should be promoting the hell out of that because Foundation is right in the wheelhouse of of many of Apple's typical kind of customers. You know, we, a lot of Apple customers tend to be older, a little bit more affluent and that sort of thing, and they probably would have heard of Foundation. Yeah. And they're not pushing it. They're not promoting it. Now, part of the reason is COVID has stopped production, but nevertheless, um, they still need to be pushing. You need to be keeping mindshare out there for great new things coming on apple tv plus and they're just not bothering it's a typical apple big splash here's the new thing it's going to be cool it's going to be great it's going to be the best editor it's going to reflect apple's values and all this sort of thing it's going to add all this value to our customers yeah and then they never talk about it again yeah well and that's that's the real problem Yeah. yeah so let's uh move on lee has an email and i'll let you read that one too okay Lee says, you read my email on TechFan Podcast 430. My wife's iMac had the same problem as yours. I just heard TechFan 435 dead iMac. Here's what happened to my wife's iMac. I took it to an authorised Apple repair shop since Apple stores are closed. I had the Fusion Drive replaced with a 1TB SSD. Previously, I thought the Fusion Drive was all one unit. However, when the iMac came back with the Fusion Drive, the, the Fusion Drive SSD was still in the Mac. When I started up the iMac, it mounts the new 1TB SSD, which is still named Macintosh HD, and another smaller drive, the SSD from the Fusion Drive. They both mount and they both work. Your latest tech fan says you can't have two SSDs in your Mac. Maybe it's because my wife's iMac started with the Fusion Drive and your iMac started with the regular hard drive, but my wife's iMac has two SSDs that work now. Right, but they don't work as a Fusion Drive. That was no, what I was trying to say. No, but I think we were speculating when you were having the problems yeah. that maybe you couldn't... I was speculating yeah. maybe that you couldn't leave the old SSD in there. Clearly, if you know what you're doing... Well, I, it's, <laughs> it's, the, it's the, the SSD on a chip was what was bad. Yeah, that, right. Okay, so, yeah. With that in there, I could not boot the machine. It, it had to yeah. be completely gone. Yeah, okay. The computer works, um, Lee says, com- the computer works great with one exception. As I set the iMac in the trunk when I took it home, I felt and heard a popping sound. Uh. 
As as it turns out, one of the hinge mechanisms broke. That'll be on the stand, yep, won't it? Yep. Apparently, late 2012 and early tw- late 2013 IMAX had hinges with some plastic parts. Apple extended the repair for the hinges for up to five years from the date of their original purchase. My 2012 iMac is way past the warranty period. If the hinge broke before I had the hard drive replaced, the hinge replacement would have been an easy extra repair. There is now there is no way I would pay the labour to have it repaired now. The screen can't be adjusted anymore. My son has the iMac now. <laughs> well, I guess that, that tells us what you think of your son, Lee. Yeah, really. Jeez, <laughs> man. He's he and not only that his son's going to be growing he's going to need to adjust that monitor at some point. Um, you know, thank you very much, Lee. Appreciate the absolutely. story. And there um, are actually solutions that, kind of that um, I actually consider with my iMac when uh, I first got my old 2013 same desk by the way, and that was getting one of those uh, clamp-on things. Yeah, the what well, the Visa mount. Yes, and then yeah. I could move the iMac pretty much wherever I wanted, way up in the air, down low, at an angle. Um, that would be my that would be my solution to this problem, and yeah. and I don't think I've, I I seem to remember the typical Apple the Visa mount part is not excess, ex, excessively cheap, but the actual Visa arms themselves because of like like an industry standard thing, yeah. you can pick up for not very much money exactly. at all. And basically, it turns the um, it puts the iMac effectively onto a swing arm. Yes that you can clip to the side of the desk and then move wherever you want. That would be the solution. And bearing in mind your growing sonly, I would suggest you look into that. So I'm looking up right now. Um, wow, I'm good. that's crazy. Um, <laughs> Is that the price, the price of the adapter? Uh, well, yeah, but that's from Apple. So yeah. who the hell is going to buy that from Apple? That would be stupid. Uh, Visa if- adapter mount for 21-inch iMac on Amazon. 20 bucks right okay so people have made their own yeah oh god yeah yeah Yeah. and it it looks fairly straightforward i would definitely so so you can go with that now that is just the adapter plate for the imac itself that's not the swing arm but they've got a couple down here i don't know why they would show two swing arms that's stupid um but then then uh, oh a dual lcd that wouldn't be bad either um yeah and, and also what you can do is is you can put the visa plate on there you can actually get ordinary stands that that have uh visa plates on yep so if you've got the visa plate on the back of the imac you could then probably get any standard visa compatible you stand can. yeah and uh, they show uh, some and examples put it on, on as well so particular list here's one so for 20 bucks you get the adapter kit and then a single lcd mount from 30 uh, 13 to 21 inch which is way perfect for the imac is 35 bucks or a heavy duty one is 75 bucks so i mean this would be the route I would go. Yeah. Heck, you can get a, a, a cheap little monitor to go right next to it for and then mount that as well. And then that that arm is 40 bucks. And you can get... What, that, that, an arm that can, that can take both two, at the same yeah, exactly. time. Exactly, yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. Although it's still a clamp-on mount, I don't know if I would trust an iMac mm. on one side and a cheap, you know, 22-inch monitor. Or, it, depend, it depends what you're putting it onto so my, i have um i have a, a swing arm here for my microphone that's actually uh, attached to the windowsill that's on the window uh-huh. next to me um and it's you can hear me fiddling with yeah. it there. it's um you know it clamps on it's okay but you know what it kind of chews up the windowsill oh, it does and uh, it moves around because i have the same problem with my mic yeah, arm that's right and and i would not want to put any large amount of weight on no i would get a heavy duty one that actually bolts on yeah, you know, and like th- that's another reason I would like to replace this desk because this desk is just, it's, 
it's cheap particle board, you know. And I, I can't really screw into this thing thinking it's going to hold up very long. It wouldn't. Uh, and the veneer finish is destroyed wherever I mount this uh, swing arm bracket. It just yeah. chews it up. So I I don't. I've thought about going with something like this for my iMac, like I said, but my main monitor is a 27 inch. And to put the, both of those on swing arms, and I would go with separate swing arms with both of them, uh, it, it it doesn't work for my setup. Uh, there's no real reason to do it. Well, the, the only the real advantage is that uh, not only can you move it, probably adjust it to different places, you can get it closer or further away from you, but also it clears the space underneath the monitors for using for other things. So it does give you quite a li- quite a lot more space. Yes, but I don't yeah. need that space really. Not not to the degree that I, I would invest in something like this. Yeah. Um, yeah. But if you if your if your iMac stand was broken, you, then you would. I would totally. I mean, leave for what fifty bucks, and that's well, one's thirty five, one's twenty, so fifty five bucks with pre free Prime shipping. You know, you could you could mount this to the desk, and he could you know put it pretty yep. much wherever he wants and it's a it's a free swing arm but you can also tighten the screw so it locks it into place i think yeah. that would be i, I would a say great solution. i, I would yeah i would if i was in least position i might be tempted very tempted to do that because the other thing as well is that now that the imac has a broken hinge at some point probably the other one's going to break as well uh and then the thing will flop i i would i would get that busted um oh yeah i would get that busted stand out of there as soon as i could really i would too yeah. yeah. So the items that you want to look for on Amazon Lee um, uh, will be in the show notes. It will be in the show notes. Yeah, I'll just put it in there. Yeah. And I'm and I'm just going to link to the adapter kit because at the bottom of that page, people also bought uh, will be the swing arms themselves. So there you go. We we have a uh, solution for Lee, and it's a relatively inexpensive one too. Always a bonus. Always a bonus. So that's an hour of tech fan. David, I really like uh, our time here. I like it even better when people write in because it makes the show better. So we yeah. strongly encourage anyone listening to send us an email. It's the show at techfanpodcast.com. Uh, you can also comment on the show notes at either mymac.com or techfanpodcast.com. This is show number 436. Is that right? 436? Sounds good. Sounds right. Yeah, 436. Um, or hit us up on Twitter and Facebook. David, you, by the way, need to like the Facebook page so I can make you a moderator there. Uh, yeah, well, I need to like our Facebook page. Yeah. Okay. You haven't done it yet. See, so I'm such, a, I'm such a, a newbie. I don't know what I'm doing, really. Um, <laughs> some things on Facebook just still drive me absolutely mad. But uh, that's my conversation for another day. I, I, I'm liking it more than Twitter right now. Twitter is just nothing but politics right now. It's just, ugh. Ugh, it's so brutally bad. I really have to monitor Twitter and, and, you know, hide people all the time because this is vile stuff up there. But as I posted on Facebook, I also had to hide a couple people recently. I didn't unfriend them. I just unfollowed them so I don't see their posts. Because yeah. they were, they kept posting like really racist stuff without them even knowing it's racist. Yeah, you know, like one of them was like, "Well, we had a black president for eight years, and yet we still have racism." Hmm. 
dude, you don't even know how racist that statement is. <laughs> you asshole. So. That's kind of the definition of institutional racism. It's like, we're so racist, we don't notice we're racist. Yeah, exactly. And it, yeah. it's just somebody I don't want to see your posts. I really don't. Yeah. It's like, well, you're so ignorant if, that it's it boggles my mind. Can't we just... I don't know. I don't want to get on a rant, but look, I, I don't care what your politics are. At the end of the day, everybody wants the same stuff. They want safety. They want liberty. They want their family to be fed and in houses. They want to be happy. They want to be able to go places and do things. Um, we all want the same thing. We want love. We want happiness. Let's let's stop fighting about the every minute little nothing. That at the end of the day, who cares? Well, look, we're in this. Unfortunately, we've gotten ourselves into a situation around the world, not just in the U.S., where. Basically, everything that you're that you're told you should or shouldn't do by the government is viewed to, to be some sort of ma- um, Machiavellian plot to subjugate you. When in fact, sometimes it's just the government telling you things that are in your own interest. Um, yeah. And sometimes it's not. You well, know, you guys are in the same to... situation. I, I just watched yeah. a news story, a video for about 10 minutes about um, the possible, well, at least the, the rise in... Um, breaking off from England of Scottish, of, of Scot. Yeah, well, that that's that's something that's been going on for a long time. Yeah, the but it, current, but the current you know, situation a- is no one there trusts uh, your prime minister, and her approval ratings is through the roof. They are, yeah. The, uh, the I mean, she comes across as a true leader. Yeah, she's she's handled this crisis far better than. The, Brit- the English government have, I would say, the British government. But not in infections um, and deaths, but yet she's still viewed yeah. way more positively. Yeah, I think, I think it's Best because she's been, much, she's been much clearer about what people should and yeah. shouldn't do. The problem with our government is, um, you know, unlike, unlike, um, unlike yours where there's been a lot of U-turning and, and playing down the seriousness of the situation, the problem with, with our government has been they have just been unwilling to say the things that need to be said. Yeah, they don't such want to as, come across as unpopular. Don't do this, don't do that. Right, wear they, they did initially with the lockdown, yeah. but then after that, there was a lot of mixed messaging. And, and you know, famously over here, the uh, Prime Minister's chief advisor was found to have broken the lockdown restrictions himself. Um, and rather than, you know, normally coming out and apologising and saying, no, I made an error of judgment and perhaps resigning or something like that. He just kind of owned it and said, no, I thought what I did was fine and nobody should criticise me for it. And he hasn't been fired. Um, so that kind of, un- again, undermines the government yeah. um, direction. But so, I'm, I'm personally tired yeah. of, of, of hearing about it and seeing I've already and I think most people in the U.S. have already made up their minds who they're going to vote for this November. Yeah. That's our, it's already decided. And the undecided, the people that go, I'm, you know, I don't know yet. I think 90% of them are lying yeah. th- because they, they don't they want don't to say, say <laughs> in front of somebody that they know for a fact is has the opposite viewpoint. Look, if yeah. you're a super pro-Trump guy uh, or you're hanging out with a super pro-Trump guy and he goes, who are you going to vote for? You don't want to start an argument. No. So you're going to go, uh, I'm, particularly I'm kind as, of undecided we- right now. Yeah, we ha- we also we we unfortunately we have this um, situation now where you can't have a have a debate with anybody. Everyone is so polarized. Yeah. It's just like you know you either agree with me or you're an idiot. 
And it's, and it's the same on both sides, though. that. It's always been that way. Everyone thinks that this is some new phenomenon. It's not. It was. I remember Reaganomics. You know? I, I remember yeah. uh, the first Bush. I remember the Clintons. I re, I re, it was always like this. It's just louder now because of social media. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So stop it, everyone. It's an order. Yeah. Why can't everyone just get along? Let's get along. So with that, we're going to wrap up this episode of Tech Fan. I want to play some retro video games uh, on my uh, TV here. I don't do that often enough, and I feel like playing uh, Burger Time. So, Actually, I feel like playing yeah. Dig Dug. I like Dig Dug. That's a fun game. Everyone loves Dig Dug. In fact, the other day I was, I was walking around the house, and I had this piece of music in my head, and it was driving me mad what it was. And then I realized it was the movement music from Dig Dug. <laughs> and I thought, what the hell's that about? Yeah, that's... that's. <laughs> and basically, once I realized what it was, then I realized that I was playing it in my head when I was moving, but when I stopped, it was stopping. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's funny that is hilarious i i i uh i kept having this dream last night about this video game that i play uh and i've been playing it for many years on my ipad and in this dream i was teaching people how to play it and woke up and you know i had this overpowering urge to go play the game and it didn't yep. it didn't measure up to what i was doing in my dreams of course no, it was probably far better in the dream it was it's called boom beach yeah. it's a fun game I know, but I know Boom Beach. Well, you should join. Yeah. Do a search for my Mac, and you'll find me and Rich Lefko. We uh, uh-huh. we've been playing that for many many years. I'll okay. pick I'll pick it up. I'll play it for maybe ten minutes a day. I'll pick it up. I'll go through a couple things, and then I'll put it away. Uh, I'm I'm kind of obsessed with Minecraft Dungeons at the moment. It's, uh, Did you see before we wrap this up? I saw a video in Minecraft. You can actually boot up a Windows ninety five computer within Minecraft and then play Doom on that computer. Really? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's kind that's of kind of awesome. Kind of saying funny. Charlotte um, turned eleven in April, and she's just kind of really gotten into Minecraft. Yeah. So she. She sits with her friends for hours a day on the iPad, and they're just basically constructing houses and gardens. Yeah, we're and, we're raising a whole group of uh, architects. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Really, really I mean, ugly that, architecture, but architecture nonetheless. <laughs> That's right. It's going to be highly pixelated <laughs> yes, skyscrapers. Absolutely. So, David, I'll see you next week with uh, see you then. Geeks Pub. Yep. <laughs>